It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and welcome to Gina Gardner and Friends. As always, I've got a hugely wonderful guest for you. And today my guest is Craig Goldblatt. Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gina. Thanks very much. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, a pleasure. Let me just tell you a little bit about Craig. He's passionate about global change. He inspires us to contribute beyond ourselves for the greater good. He wholeheartedly believes that as we grow ourselves, we naturally impact on all others. And he's got an amazing uh, CV. He's spoken at over 700 um, events on five continent, continents to hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. And I feel very, very privileged to have him as a friend on my show. <laughs> so, Craig, what got you into all of this? I mean, how do you become such an amazing keynote speaker and have that level of impact around the world? Oh, thank you. Um, so as you asked me that question, there's a number of different things, but maybe I'll give a very brief potted history in that. I'm 49 now, I was born in South Africa and my parents decided to emigrate from South Africa in 77 to the UK. I studied in Surrey and, and then I went as a foot soldier into sales ranks and sales teams in my 20s and I got to 29, Gina, and I realized that my only true gift, uh, at least in the commercial world, was it inspiring the sales guys I was working with. Okay. And so I realized that my gift was in communication and I had no idea at that time that professional speaking existed and I went on some courses and learned from the great and the good and I was very lucky to go to America and India and study some NLP and some psychology work and how we tick internally and um, so that's what really got me into it is I realized at the end of my 20s that I was a communicator by, by heart uh, that that's yeah. in my blood and that came from my parents. Um, my dad was a wonderful orator. He was a lecturer of constitutional law. And my mum was a charity worker and just followed her, her dreams from her heart. And so really, it came from my parents, in essence, from an emotional perspective. But physically, it came from the fact that my only gift really is in communication. I'm not sure that's true, that that's your only <laughs> gift. I have to say it's a, a significant gift. A significant gift, okay, yes. Because communication is the vehicle. Yes. Okay, so you can have the most amazing car outside, you know, 59,000 yeah. horsepower. 
<laughs> but if it's not got the fuel and it's not going anywhere, all it is is a piece of tin. Yes. So what's the message? So, in essence, I wholeheartedly believe that we live as human beings. We live in two worlds, not one. We don't have one planet. We have two planets. And what I mean by that is we have an external world and an internal world. And I think through both my parents and I guess myself, my ecology, um, you know, my background, my ancestry, whatever we want to call it, spiritually or physically, um, I'm a very emotional bunny. And I, I always have felt very, very deeply about life and about our soul and about our human emotions. Um, and I also believe that our body is our home. Our home is not made of bricks and water. As the Dalai Lama says, our body is our only home. Yeah. And I've always, I think I've always known that, even as a young child. I've always followed my heart and wore my heart on my sleeve. And my heart is my, my deepest wisdom. And it doesn't say that, doesn't mean that I don't make big mistakes. Of course I do, but I, I, I follow, well, I've always felt that I follow my heart, my soul, as much as I allow myself to. And, and that's helped me on this journey of speaking. And, and you know what, actually, as I talk to you, um, I've been, like all of us have, we're often asked this question, who are we? Yeah. And I've always felt I'm, I'm a passionate person. I'm a passionate adventurer. But recently I've realized that my, another gift, there you go, another gift that I have is curiosity is what's allowed me to speak and run workshops and coach people is I've got an innate gift in being curious. I'm really curious about what makes us tick. And that's probably the most important thing, I suppose, to when we work in this field is to be deeply curious about what makes people tick. Isn't it interesting? I've just written an article today uh, and the, the, uh, the title of it is that uh, curiosity offers us the greatest shift. Yes, it's and very by, by that I mean that, you know, we tend to be habitual animals. We have habitual patterns of thinking and yes. action and language. Yes. And unless we're aware of how those patterns are running and what is the fuel behind them, our beliefs, we're powerless to do anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. By being curious about what's going on and why we're reacting in a particular way, we have the opportunity to do things differently, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And um, when, when we're open to our own sense of self and also others, and then we can shift, we can change, we can grow. They say that the person with the most flexibility has the most power. But the thing, Gina, that I'd love to share with, uh, in, in, in what we've talked about so far, and I've realised this more and more during the coronavirus pandemic, and even more actually, it, I know we're not globally out of the pandemic, but in England, we're, you know, we're almost, most of us are fortunate enough to be living normal lives again. Um, the biggest thing that's important in our sense of self and our communication, our ability to communicate with ourselves and others is our childlike energy, <laughs> is, is, is to be a child again. And I'm actually working a lot on 
looking to be a better tennis player at the moment. And I'm go I've gone back to some wonderful books and audio programs like The Inner Game of Tennis from Tim Galway and these kind of books. And all of these great, you know, coaches and speakers that I've been privileged enough to learn from, they all say different things, but the same thing. And the thing that resonates throughout all of my learnings is that we have to um, foster this childlike dance, this childlike energy of imagination. Einstein said imagination is more powerful than knowledge. And I don't want to say we've lost it because we haven't, but sometimes we forget our childlike energy. This is such an important topic and one that I'd like to explore in, in significantly more detail, but we're going to go for a short break. And when we come back, I'd like to explore the, the difference between being childlike and childish. Yes. How important owning the awe and wonder that small children yes. have about the world and that playfulness, because I think that gives us such an important uh, power when mm. we really utilise it. So, <laughs> listeners, don't go away. There's a lot of real gold to come. We'll, we'll see you in a minute. Before I joined the first sea, the only sport I ever did was surfing channels. I used to get seeds and D's. Now I'm planning for a BA in history. I've learned a lot at the first tee. I even learned how to play golf. Put a golf club in a young person's hands and watch them grow. At the first tee, we instill values like confidence, judgment, respect, and integrity. Values they learn from golf, but take with them for the rest of their lives. This message furnished by PWC, proud supporter of the first tee since 2000. The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life is an amazing read. If this book doesn't pick you up to sing above the crowd, I will be amazed. What great things do you imagine for yourself? Do you know what's holding you back? Dr. Alan Laika, a prominent physician, has taken what he's learned from being handed a diagnosis of his pending death and turned that insight out from inside his heart and mind out to you. You may have heard the idea, it's not what happens to me, it's what I do with it. Dr. Laika explodes this idea, this way of thinking and being into 13 golden pearls for you to take one by one, practice and string together like a necklace you will wear to guide you through life's challenges like metal that is tempered by extreme elements so are we dr Lyka will show you how to turn terrible things into real and practical new ways to lead your life believe it and believe in yourself the secrets to living a fantastic life is an amazing book amazing get your copy today at amazon matthew huh? oh sorry it's okay I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So Craig, what for you is the difference between being childlike and childish? And why is it important to make the distinction, do you think? So to me, we are, as we grow up, we connect to what they call our three levels of intelligence, obviously our head, our heart, and our gut instinct. And um, we obviously create 
an ability to be able to make adult decisions and to take on responsibilities and to start seeing life more as it as it is you know as it truly is for us and um we want those responsibilities and that to me is is about adulthood is about seeing what our responsibilities are and grabbing you know with courage our opportunities and, and facing our fears um the difference to me between being childish and childlike is childish to me is not being willing to look myself you know in the mirror and say what are my fears how am i dealing with them and blaming others for my miscomings you know that's childish is to say and judging others you know that's that's childish and i i still step into childish i think um, we all do at times and so so you know as you ask me that great question and as i explore it in my own mind um childish in one word is judgment mm -hmm. is judging others and judging the world and judging myself and judging is acid it's toxic um and it's different to responsibility or standards it's blaming judging is blaming and so childlike is a lack of judgment but as you said before it's a dance it's fun it's expression it's love it's recognizing beauty and the most most of all encompassing all that i've just shared in our dance is presence i think when you see a healthy child like energy in a seven-year-old they're in the moment at all times you know they're living life and they're looking at a tree and suddenly they're a, a soldier and then they're a fighter and then they're a lover and then they're a prince or a princess and and they're exploring their imagination and learning and growing and creating and making dreams come true in themselves and 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 for their future and that is childlike i think that's a really great description i think you know if you're listening to this just think about if you have watched a child go through the woods and how a very young child will pick up a leaf and they will look at it as if it is an absolutely precious jewel. Yes. They'll turn it over. They are curious about the markings on it. They're not thinking this is an, an old leaf. They are thinking this is something magical. And I think one of the issues that we have within the world at the moment, particularly if you listen to the news and you focus on all of the dreadful things that are going on, it's very easy to lose that sense of awe and wonder. And the natural world, for me, that's where I fill my soul up. That's where I feel most childlike in that I can, I'm sitting looking at my courtyard, for example, and there's the most beautiful magnolia tree with deep uh, uh, purpley pink flowers. And, you know, two weeks ago, there was nothing on the tree. And right. that for me is a miracle and it's magic. Yes. And I think if you look at childish, we, you know, we look at our politicians, for example, and I don't want to get into party politics, but you often see exhibited by world leaders and by business leaders, some very childish behavior, you know, where they're stamping their foot and they're throwing their toys out of their pram. And it, it keeps us stuck when we get into that energy, whereas when we are in our childlike energy, 
um, we open the door to possibility. And I think that's the magic of it, that awe and wonder and being curious about what's going on mm. has that capacity to open the door of possibility. That possibility to me is driven by one thing most of all, which is what's our intent? What's our intention as we wake up in the morning and hopefully have these dreams of possibility what really grounds us to possibility is our sense of intention. And to me, intent is almost everything. Is if our intention is to live today with love. Yeah. If we have to have difficult conversations and even ask somebody to leave our business or have a very difficult conversation. If our intention is driven to, to love everybody today and be a light, if you like, spiritually or look after ourselves, whatever it is, be healthy. If we have a good intent, that's what people recognize. That's what people um, are attracted to. Human beings are attracted to our intention. And at the very, I know this is overused, but it's still true, is that when we look at Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, all these leaders of the heart, if you like, their intention was very clear through everything that they did. And I think that's, always important for us and for me to look to emulate is that my sense of intent for myself and others and that helps us to stay light and 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 live a heart-driven life i think that's absolutely true what strikes me I, I was a principal for over 20 years a head teacher for over 20 years and i had nearly 100 staff and one of the things that I recognized is that you could have really challenging conversations if the relationship was based on love. And I know lots of people think that was pink and fluffy, but I think when you truly love someone, you want the best for them and from them. Yes. And if people recognize that that is your intent, that it isn't a bartering type of love. It's actually, it's come up in a number of interviews that you know how often relationships are based on I'll be nice to you if you, but if it comes from a place of unconditional love, actually it's quite tough because you expecting that person to be the best they can be. Yes. And then you can have those hard conversations in a, a way that's purely developmental and is taken on board in that way rather than you having a go at me. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, I. I listened this morning again to Johnny Wilkinson, the great rugby player, and Dave Allred, who um, read, uh, wrote The Pre Pressure Principle. And um, Dave Allred was mentioning in his podcast with Johnny Wilkinson about this very subject, about our ability to stand next to somebody and have that intention to understand them and be curious and, and hold that space for them rather than coach or train in front of somebody to walk with them. And that's, that was really profound for me to hear this just this morning, is that for me to learn again, to stand next or sit next to somebody rather than facing them yeah. in, a, in every way and expect something from them, just to be curious, whether it's pain or love or whatever, fear, whatever it is, to sit with them rather than, expect them to, to to see me in front of them i think 
also I'd add to that your earlier point that sitting next to them, but without the judgment, the shoulds, the musts, the shouldn'ts, but just to recognize that's where they are. Yes. Um, I think that becomes very powerful. Um, that's not to say, again, that, that the expectation is that you want the best from them and for them, but ultimately it's not about their good or bad, it's just where they are. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'd really like to explore the, the, the tensions and the difference between the internal landscape and the external landscape, because yeah. I think there's such a rich amount of conversation to have around that. So don't go away. We'll be back in a moment. Last week, Brandon met a girl on a dating app. One day after work, he finally found the courage to ask her out. No answer. He started to panic. Was he being too pushy? Maybe it was too... Hey, sorry I didn't respond. I was driving. I would love to go on a date. How does tonight sound? Brandon tried to play it cool, but inside he knew. A girl so smart, so responsible. She must be a keeper. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti Sandwiches for Dinner They're my fave Dad You're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council so you started you know, our talk about there being this internal and external part of us. Mm -hmm. Do you want to just explain what you mean by that to our, our listeners and, and give them a sense of where you're coming from? Yes, so I feel wholeheartedly that we, I have, I speak, speak as myself, that's the best way for me to be able to explain this is that I've been growing for over 200,000 years. I, this is my belief. Uh, from an evolutionary perspective, I wasn't, you know, born just as a, a plain piece of paper, if you like. I come into this world with a, an enormous amount of genetics um, from my ancestors. And so my internal world is the whole of my body. Um, my a skeletal system, my muscular system, my neurological system, you know, all my organs, um, my beliefs, my values, my identity, my culture, my purpose, my intention, my behaviors, that's all in me. So I have 30 trillion cells apparently in my body. All of that has developed over a couple of hundred thousand years. That's my internal world. And I guess it's millions of years old. Many people say that we came from, you know, millions and millions of years ago, um, we started to evolve as human beings. And that's my internal world. And then we have our external world, which if I, I, I don't, I'm not clever enough to understand much of quantum physics, but what I understand to be true is that the outside world is like we are, I guess, it's full of energy. It's, it's a planet full of energy and our external world is full of all sorts of um, species and flora and fauna and media and technology. And the planet's full of stimulus. And I think the difference is, for me, is 
that our internal world is what we experience with our five senses. It's what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we taste and what we smell. That gives us a bridge from our internal world to the external world. So the external world actually is, is an image that we can relate to based on our senses, what we see, what we hear, what we feel, um, what we smell and what we taste. And the other thing that is different to me between our internal and external world, and I'm generalizing hugely and maybe even distorting the truth slightly when I say this, because I don't know if this is wholly true, is that I'm only able to change my internal world. I have no real control over the external world. I only have myself. That's all I was born with. That's what I'm going to die with is this is a whole world, a universe inside myself. And it's an operating system that to a degree I have control over. I can look at things differently. I can think differently. I can feel differently. I can be interested in that. I can change where I walk, my behaviors, my internal world to a degree I'm in control of. My external world, I just really, I need to be curious about and observe. So. You know, I don't know how good that answer is, but that's how I see it. I think it's a hugely important starting point. You know, our beliefs, for example, drive the way in which we interpret the world. And I think so much of the external world as we interpret it is down to our perception based on our beliefs and our experience. Yes. And people make their perception the truth. This yes. is right. And that makes you wrong. Yes. Now, I think I've already said, I'm sitting here looking out of my courtyard. But if I was in my courtyard looking into my garden room, I would have a very different perspective. Yes. And that shift in perspective and that, that being prepared to question the perspective that we are interpreting, I think, gives us such power. So... We'll interpret the world in one way. Let me give you an example. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were really, really cross. Uh, a good friend of theirs, they'd been walking down the road and a good friend of theirs, they'd waved and said, hi, and the other person had ignored them. And they had assumed that either they'd done something to upset them or that that other person was being huffy and rude. And I just said to them, have you thought that they might, that they might just be completely absorbed in the, their to-do list or there may be a problem, somebody could be ill? You know, your assumption of their motive based on your perspective is more to do with your internal landscape than the reality because you have no idea. No. But we make those judgments all the time. And if you're someone who, who wants to see a slight in the way in other, which other people behave, that will become your reality. Yes. If you intrinsically look for the best in people, generally speaking, most people will show you their best side. Yes. And, and it, to me, you know, I'm learning a lot listening to, to you today. And one of the things that I just picked up on is... I, I, I've I've learned something in in my journey, if you like, in my learning journey about the circle of how beliefs are created. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. For me, you're absolutely right in saying that beliefs are the foundation of everything. And 
I, like so many of us, I've struggled. I think that's okay to say this. I've struggled with religion sometimes and the beliefs that sit it, it within religion. And I've got a new friend in my life that I've only had for a couple of years. And he's a vicar. And just the other day I sat and had lunch with him. And it's really amazing for me to, I spend a lot of time with him now and I'm exploring his belief systems and my belief systems. And it's the first time really I've had the courage to be able to really explore this rather than have a fear around it, to be able to explore his whole belief system without judgment. And I'm learning so much, I can't even begin to tell you. It doesn't mean that tomorrow I'm gonna believe Judaism's right or Christianity's right, but I can, I can, I'm finally at a place where I can sit without judgment and just be purely curious as to what all of our beliefs teach us. Such a powerful way to end the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can people get hold of you, Craig? So my website is craiggoldblatt.com. Brilliant. Now, if you're interested in looking at my website, it's genuinely-u.com and you can contact me at gina at genuinely-u.com. And also, if there are any themes you'd like covered, then please let me know. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Craig. It's been a delight. Thank you so much, Gina. Have a great uh, week and we'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.